right, there will be banter returns and that light that I have in my face is entirely too bright. So anyway, uh, tonight we have a new guy standing in, but before we get to him, we must mention that we do have the two staples of this wonderful banter program. And, and that is the lovable left-wing gun-toting liberal Veronica Lopez. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. And also last man standing from the original. That is true. They're dropping, they're, they are dropping and I may be blind by the end of this if I keep looking into this light anyway, or the screen. <laughs> and then uh, also to my left, your right, we have the average. Decent. Okay, she's decent. Yeah, we have a decent <laughs> civilian reporter, Christina Wong. How are you, madam? Thank you. I am doing well. It's been kind of a crazy week. So, you know, I feel like I deserve this drink. This purple drink. This purple drink. <laughs> she does have purple drink, courtesy of. I don't even know. I don't even know what this thing is. It's a. It's a cherry. It is a cherry. Those are the bourbon cherries. Those are the good ones right there. Cherry with like a toothpick with a matching toothpick. Yeah. Courtesy a of Aaron, the bartender, aka her. Bartender. <laughs> yeah, the better half. Yeah, let's go with better half. And then we have the. We'll work on something for you, Ben. But for now, you will be the Aussie transplant, Ben Bridge. Welcome, sir. How are Hi, you? Hi, everyone. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I, I, have, I am told by a certain person that you have an arsenal. Is that true? Oh, I guess it depends on your, your definition of arsenal. So, <laughs> and, and that doesn't, you, know, you can't do that in Australia, can you? Not really. That's why he lives in the U.S. He's basically a Sasquatch doomsday prepper. <laughs> uh, you know, and my arsenal, I have a, a, a nice folding knife and a bow, which both of the things I couldn't have in Australia. You can't have a, a folding knife or a bow? Uh, if, if I got caught riding public transport in Australia with a folding knife, that would be uh, a, a weapons offence. What's a folding knife? Like a knife that just folds? Remember those ones that we showed last week, Christina? When the, yeah, like after, just, like, like literally like that. Yeah. You know, you can, <laughs> Ben's yeah. like, should I go get no. it? Don't do it. Yeah. I don't want you to get in trouble. <laughs> but I'm in America, you know. Land of the free, home of the brave. So, uh, yeah, now, I have right. a hell yeah, yeah. You guys can't have, but what can you own in Australia in terms? Is there? Any oh, look, you, you still can have guns. It's just there's there's a lot of um, extra steps to get them, which I honestly think Australia's gone too far. I think New Zealand had about the right sweet spot for my my comfort level before the the asshole Aussie that went and killed 50 people yeah. uh, in Christchurch a year ago. Yeah. Um, I thought their gun laws were pretty sensible. And that asshole got hold of that weapon by none of those laws being followed. So imagine that it's the same issue we have in the United States. Did you know this, Ben? Criminals do not follow gun laws. Really? No, it's that's, that's fucking amazing. Me. Criminals will do anything they want to because that is what defines Forgetting. them as criminals. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, anyway, welcome to our wonderful discussion. He also dropped the first swear word. Did he? He did. <laughs> good job. I'm yeah, so profanity is highly I'm encouraged so here. Well, what I, are you, I, I feel like are you? I feel like asshole is not really a swear word. That's true. It's it's yeah. more. It's it, it <laughs> not in Australia. That's pretty mild for Australia. Yeah. He, okay, so like for those of you guys with like sense, sensitive, delicate sensibilities, like yeah. earmuffs for the next five seconds. But uh, like the ultimate compliment that he has given me at one point was you're a top cunt. So <laughs> like, 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's used it's used a lot in Australia, and and as Veronica just demonstrated, it can be used as a term of endearment. So is that would that be like a female rapper referring to herself as a quote bad bitch? Uh, I mean, it's better than that. <laughs> that yeah. Bad bitch is here. That'd be like a good kind. Right? Like, oh, you're a good kind. That's maybe. a bad bitch. But like a yeah. top cunt's like, like you're Obviously. a fucking yeah. You're way yeah. Like all the chart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, welcome either way, Ben. It's good to have you as a uh, stand-in for the night. I'm, go- I'm looking forward to hearing you banter about with us ridiculous individuals who populate this country. <laughs> Hopefully you don't get too uh, bored with our stupidity. I am one who is full of it. And then the other two, fortunately, they balance this out with actual intellect and commentary. I'm just here to herd cats. And fortunately, the cat that runs around here is not with us at the moment. But more to follow on that. Um, so tonight, I wanted to discuss uh, and get your takes on a lot of the things that are going on, mainly being the ongoing legal battles that are still going on in certain states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, et cetera. We've kind of touched on this last week. And then also, conveniently, and as I think we all kind of realized or you know anticipated, there is and was an announcement for a coronavirus vaccine. So... Veronica, talk to me about what's going on in Pennsylvania at the moment. Oof. So Oof. I'm going to, yeah, and I'll pull up the exact quote too. So I'm not, you know, talking out of my ass here. Spitballing. Um, just spitballing. <laughs> so obviously, as we know, there have been several, uh, there's a lot of litigation happening regarding the, you know, the ballots and, and it's a multitude of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. So what's really interesting is, that I guess a lot of the litigators on the behalf of, I'm gonna say the Trump campaign, but it turns out, so I actually thought it was like the Trump campaign pursuing all of these, but it turns out it's actually not. Like some of them are like the state GOP, some of them are independent. Yeah, state parties or even, I think um, like just like groups of people that are just really passionate about yeah, we talked so, about like, how like in Pennsylvania, yeah. I think it's Pennsylvania where all you got to do is have three signatures and you can. Yeah. So it turns out that those people. Concerned citizens. Yeah, yeah grassroots. citizens. That's a really, <laughs> that's a really good, uh, a good term. I like that. So yeah, concerned citizens. Um, <laughs> but it's, it seems like not, I'm going to say well-intentioned citizens, perhaps. Uh, but it seems like uh, they're having issues actually getting any of the, like, litigation passed beyond just like the initial court hearing. So um, the specific thing that I was going to say today in court, a Pennsylvania judge asked a lawyer uh, point blank, whether they had any evidence to support anything. And the quote from the judge on like the docket or on the actual like court documents is, are you claiming that there's any fraud in connection with the 592 disputed ballots? And then Mr. Goldstein, the lawyer goes to my knowledge at present, no. Court. That's a totally that? perfect lawyer answer, though, to my right, knowledge but, presently. Now right, but the problem be. is, well, the problem, yeah, right. But the problem is that you can't bring any sort of litigation to court without like an actual like evidence or case right. or anything. So you can't like it's basically the, the problem is that they can't make shit up right and say, yeah, we have this stuff that we're working like because they can be disbarred for shit like that. Right, um, which is why I said it's a total lawyer answer. He's not committing. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's just really interesting. It just seems like some of now, while I understand like, Hey, you know, 
we were like we were talking about prior about some of the um you know like the ballots that are maybe not time stamped or that were counted after the fact or like after like you know the specific guidelines or voter guidelines being thrown out because you know voter responsibility and they did not adhere to the rules i get that like i don't i have a completely different opinion on voting as a whole but like i can understand that like okay this didn't fall within the fucking the left and right limits of what's allowed first f-bomb of the night was it i don't see it rolls this just comes out so easily i don't know um <laughs> no so naturally but uh I, I think to me it just seems like a lot of grandstanding and maybe well smoke like a lot of smoke and mirrors just to sort of well there was and, um so hold on so perpetuate that ben is this your first election in the united states since you've been here yeah, in terms of presidential, yeah. Okay, well, congratulations. Welcome to you know Welcome democracy. To the show. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. we I hope I hope you're taking notes to take this back to your homeland to show you, show you how to really do this this whole voting stuff. Um, yeah, well, there's a, there's only 27 million of us, so it's a little bit easier to, to do things back in Australia. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of land, though. Still a lot of land to cover. You guys mostly True. mostly in that big circle on the coast, though, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 Um, what are you? what are you taking away from this? Are you watching this kind of just like, is this really how things go here? Or is this something that you, are you kind of, <clears throat> do you feel like this is an actual good thing because it is people actually participating in a democracy and, and, you know, they're fighting for their side one way or the other, or how do you interpret this from an outsider's perspective? So let's go back four years. That was the first time watching the, I guess, partially watching the primaries, but, definitely watching the presidential race and just being like, really, this is out of 370 that's million it. Americans. That's the best we got. You're right. Yes. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's okay. This is super interesting. So um, I think I had 35 marriage proposals the day after Trump was um, you know, <laughs> uh, declared, de declared president-elect. So, because I was in Kuwait at the time and oh, you know, yeah. there was people taking numbers to like, oh, so, you know, so Trump was wife. good for your dating life. That's good. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, he would have been if I didn't have a girlfriend back in Australia <laughs> waiting for me at the time. So, uh, so 2016, I guess, was the first time I, I took a, a decent interest in, and and since 2016 tonight, to you know to today, I've I've been more mindful of sort of following things. So this this time around, I actually followed the primaries, and was amazed at how poorly the DNC set themselves up for this election. Um, you mean you know, Joe Biden but, wasn't the guy that you thought was? Um, <laughs> amazingly, no. Um, so, and I just, in, in, so in my opinion, the DNC had an opportunity to basically take four years mm -hmm. to find uh, a small group of candidates who would be... Um, good options for the US public and you know they, they could have had you know the ultra left left Bernie Sanders and then someone who was closer to the the right and had a smaller spectrum in between and as opposed to having the DNC debates where they all kind of tried to cut each other's Achilles and beat each other's faces in with bowling balls it could have been more like of a fireside chat where they agreed on the core values of the party e.g you know um, they wanted more affordable healthcare, more affordable education, more tax for corporations and, and rich people, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then 
the way that those candidates would navigate to that that end state would differ by degree, not huge wholesale change. But they didn't yeah. do that. You know, they had nope. they had, you know, basically it was like beyond Thunderdome. They put thirty candidates in in there with with edged weapons and <laughs> and they took the guy who was consistently fourth place. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but I will say this. I, I will say this, Bernie Sanders, I, I thought was a crazy person until I watched the Joe Rogan show a while back and it was two and a half hours of, of Bernie. Um, he was, you got him credit for, for sticking to his guns for four decades. Oh but yeah. He hasn't you got to go back and watch those know, Trevor Noah tapes. It's great stuff. Yeah. You know, he, he hasn't moved. <laughs> so, but you know, this, this time around, uh, I was horrified at how poorly the DNC set themselves up. And I was, until COVID hit, I was convinced that Trump was going to get a second term because oh, yeah. he was just Absolutely. sitting back and the best campaign tool the RNC had going for it was the DNC because you were just watching them tear each other apart and it was like, wow, you guys didn't learn a damn thing from 2016. Nothing. So, but, you know, here we are. And honestly, I think that the process now from what I'm reading through multiple news sources is, is a nuisance. Um, and it's wasteful of people's time and money. If, if there was legitimate concern about how things are, because everything I've read in terms of about ballots being wrong or whatever, most of those happened back in September, October timeframe. And then they realized that they kind of screwed the pooch and new ballots went out additional safeguards were put in if they were mailing ballots or whatever. So I just think now it's kind of sore loser syndrome, I think. And it's not going to affect the outcome. It's just going to cost the taxpayer another 50 to $100 million to recount ballots. Well, you, uh, you maybe, maybe. Um, from what I've read, and I could be wrong, you might be right, but from what I've read, most of these states, if any of this stuff goes on, it's, it's, it's up to actually the Trump campaign to pay for. I don't think it's the burden of the taxpayer. I could be wrong on that. I'll probably research it and come back next week. But Christina, yes. what do you think? Everything you've heard there, what's your takeaway on, on these things at this point? And real quick, before you do that, Ben, what are you drinking? You got the Incredible Hulk going on over there? What is that? It looks green. Just, um, just uranium. Oh, We've that's got good. Of it in Australia. So it, 44% yeah, I, I of the uranium <laughs> reserves are in Australia. So <laughs> fucking idiot. It's so nice. <laughs> yeah. All right, Christina, uh, weigh in here. What do you got? Yeah. Um, okay. Now this time I'm just going to try to spit out what I'm trying to say, although it's a little um, uh, easier this time <laughs> than uh, last time. But um, well, I guess with the whole, uh, you know, the article that uh, Veronica sent earlier today, because we send each other articles in advance, there was that one about the lawyer not wanting mm -hmm. to that there was fraud, right. but taking a, a very like um, literal reading of the transcript, I don't think he he was he he, he, he was seeming to say that it didn't matter whether there was a fraud, you know, because if if you do claim fraud, you're going to have to prove it right then and there. And I think what he said was it's that's that that doesn't matter. What matters is that the ballots didn't come in you know, uh, it didn't meet the qualifications and it shouldn't be counted. And that mm -hmm. kind of goes back to what um, 
we mentioned in the beginning where Democrats, or I, I'm not sure if it was on the podcast or before the podcast, but Democrats have a view that every vote should count. And, you know, that's hard to argue against, right? But um, I was talking to our friend, um, Amy Marisol, who mm-hmm. said, yeah. like, so, you know, do you not, she, she didn't say do you not, but she was like, what about homeless people? Should they be allowed to vote? And it's kind of like, uh, yeah, of course, everyone should have their voice heard, you know, but the DNC is like, well, every, you know, people who normally wouldn't have access to ballots, everyone should be heard, everyone should get their, 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 you know, voice heard, so you can't disqualify any ballot, you know, whereas uh, in um, a normal circumstance, there are ballots that get disqualified because you don't follow the directions, but those directions are there to reduce uh, voter fraud. Um, right. I'm not actually the best read up on all the court cases, but I, uh, the way I do things is, you know, I go back to the way beginning and it's actually extremely time consuming. So I was, I was reading about um, Pennsylvania and I think I, I sent you guys uh, yeah, that long you know, article about it. hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> And this kind of goes back to what, what Ben is saying. I think the DNC prepared very well for this election um, with the whole uh, mail-in balloting. I totally agree. Well, with yeah, him. I think Veronica pointed that out last week too. Yeah, and I totally agree with him. Um, uh, that... The only thing they did right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, agree I mean either way, the, the the Republicans got seventy million votes too, so yeah. both did something right. But yeah, go ahead. Before yeah. COVID, Trump was on a glide path to victory. You know, mm-hmm. everyone felt super comfortable. There was going to be a landslide. People were comparing it to um, Nixon's win, um, and you know, because the Democrats were such a shit show, and just you know, no one liked the riots. Uh, no mm-hmm. one liked to fund the police. It just—I mean, of course, that was I think after COVID, but even before. Yeah, COVID, kind of. The economy was doing so well. I mean, everyone expected, okay, this is this is going to be a landslide victory and then um so but by the dnc did very very well in winning all these um sort of like local uh cases getting judge local judges to agree with them local state election boards secretaries of state you know kind of everything um uh below the you know supreme court level to include the supreme court so in pennsylvania in the supreme court they had some victories there so like you know for instance um, Democrats requested seven days after November 3rd in where um, people could turn in their mail-in ballots and you wouldn't have to require signature matching um, or proof of postmark. However, the judge said no, not seven days, three okay. days, right? So still. yeah, still because because we're so used to seeing the elections roll in that night and being like, okay, so and so's won. But theoretically, this could allow, um, you know, you see Trump's ahead by this many points, then you go like, oh shit, we need more mail and ballots. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. this happened. Yeah. But you could theoretically do this without the matching signatures, you know, without the the proof of a postmark, you know, just sort of like find these mail in ballots or, or harvest these mail in ballots or get these mail in ballots in just enough to meet that margin. And then you sort of relax. So it sort of lends the opportunity for fraud. And and as you mentioned earlier today, um, you know, uh, I think there's one case that's over like 592 ballots, right? That's right. Yeah. Montgomery. Yeah. Montgomery County. Montgomery County. County. If you do a county, if you, yeah, if you do all the counties in the state, it 
evens out. Right. I'm, right. And I'm not saying that's what happened, but it's like, you know, people are, are mocking, um, you know, why it's 500 votes. It's not going to change the election. However, if there's, uh, there's, I mean, there's so many allegations that I'm, I, I haven't, you know, read all of them, but it's like, there could be this um, Dominion glitch yep. like the software that was used mm. across the country. Um, so there's a lot going on with that. And I think there's a, there's a divide, there's a divide between, and it's not a pronounced divide, but there's a divide between people who think Trump has a chance. And then there's others who believe that he doesn't because it's too hard of a hurdle, but um, this is important for the future of, of, the, of uh, elections. And they think that if these things are not caught, Republicans are never gonna win on the, another election. Yeah. I mean, I think kind of what you're saying is like, here's where I come out on it. And I, I do get what Ben's saying that it, it, it can come off. It, you can absolutely put yourself in the position to say that, Hey, you're being a sore loser, but at the same time, no, don't accept it one way or the other, because if this stuff's going on, you need to find out. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's whether Trump wins. It doesn't matter if it's whether a Democrat wins. We can't have this in our election system, period, regardless of who's the winner. So if there's a legitimate winner out there, fine. Do whatever you have to do to unearth it and prove it. But it's the election system going forward as a whole. It's not about your side or my side. It's about the integrity of this being preserved. And so that's why I feel like, look, I get it. I remember 2016. I remember all the, the, you know, the things the DNC was trying to come up with in the immediate aftermath of the election. Like, oh, we'll just not have our, you know, our electorate or our, our, our whoever those guys, what the electors within the, the electorate, state, yeah, the electoral we just call. won't cast our actual ballot for Trump, whether he won that state or not. And that's what some of the Republican states are supposed to be saying right now, because all these states that are actually being contested, they all have re Republican legislatures. No, I still don't know. I, I said it back then. I don't think you can do it now. I don't think you can get that many people on the same page because it's just you're, you're asking and, for a lot of coordination that I don't think you could pull off. But it is a, it, it is it absolutely is a, a possible scenario if these people are willing to get in lockstep and do it. Right. Um, and honestly, if, if there is legitimate concerns that votes have been um, tampered with or, you know, they're, they're voting the dead or whatever the case may be, then they should be. The concern I have is when people like William Barr come in over the top, you know, they're coming off the top rail saying, let's get the federal prosecutors in there. It's like, hey, bro, you know, what about states' rights? <laughs> you know, um, so let, yeah. let's yeah, let the states look at their own electoral processes first. Mm. And, and then if they think it needs to go outside the state because it's now a federal crime well, then they get on the phone and say hey federal prosecutor can you come and help me as opposed to william barr you know releasing the hounds monty burns style to to run around and make mischief it doesn't make any sense to me it seems that they jump in the gun so, over yeah. go ahead veronica Sorry. <laughs> 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 and she's already eaten one of my cookies tonight. She's the worst. Unbelievable oh fucking cookie monster oh within the mist. Whatever. It was in it was in public space. I no, mean, no, you 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 go ahead. Whatever. It, just, look, just steal my thunder. Whatever. Not for us to banter about fucking house issues. <laughs> but finders keepers, motherfucker. Like <laughs> I just want to hear it. So I it's funny, like, I'm, and not to defend William Barr, right, but it's it's funny, like, if you read the memo that he put out, like, it's very specific about 
if you guys find legitimate claims of voter fraud, investigate. Like he's very careful in his wording um, with that. I 130% agree that if there is legitimate concern about voter fraud, recount the motherfucking ballots. Like that to me is, that to me is preservation democracy. And like the smug, like lesser adult in me is perfectly okay watching Trump lose twice. <laughs> like, like I'm just, and don't get me wrong. I don't like Biden. Like don't think that me being like, Hey, I think that we need to take a different approach in this country as like pro Biden. I feel like people tend to be so like black and white yep. on the, on these things. Like I'm not a single voter issue. And there right. are a lot of issues that I don't agree with Biden on. I don't agree with his, like his record his political record on right and i don't know enough about i I didn't think that kamala harris was enough of like a candidate for me to even invest that much time into researching until she was like a vp pick and i'm like wait, she she wasn't fucking running away with the primary either well yeah so she she was and again like she just didn't (laughs) inspire me i didn't really care for her as a politician but you know she's our she's our vp elect now until something or if something else happens right i think the issue I mean, I have several issues with the way that a lot of this stuff is being presented, right? Because like, it's all coming down to, and, and you see a lot of memes kind of flying around, but food for thought, it's really interesting to me that we've had a lot of Republican seats and even a lot of moderate Democrats that lost their seats to Republicans yeah. on the exact same ballot where Biden also won. Which is, does, does lot, that make sense? It, well, it does. You have a lot of Republicans that came forward. Because if you look at like things like the Lincoln Project, a lot oh, of no, people- no, that's a fucking scam. Fuck You me. have a lot- Bro, like oh god, they didn't. They spent fifty million dollars and they didn't do anything. Trump got seventy million Republican votes. They didn't do anything. Kellyanne Conway's husband is one of the people that runs it. The Lincoln Project. No, fucking Rick Wilson. That guy is such a. (laughs) Never mind. Anyway, anyway, Kellyanne Conway's husband (laughs) is one of the fucking founders of this organization, or one of the guys that runs it. Kellyanne Conway's been on the like in the Trump administration from jump, so that's always been a really interesting dynamic for me. Um, But with that said, like. You have a lot of Republicans, regardless of, you know, Lincoln Project being a bullshit project or not. Like, again, I don't consider myself a Republican, but you have a lot of Republicans that felt like the Republican Party is going in a direction that is no longer in line with their values. So they voted for Biden as a president and they voted Republican down the ticket. And it's really interesting to sort of hear those interviews of people that did vote that way. I don't think that's a big enough mark. Like, I see where you're coming from, but... I, I mean, the dude got 70 million votes. Like, it's not yeah. like there was this mass exodus right. of well, Republicans. That's, well, that's the thing. You had a lot of first-time voters in this election as well. Trump got more fee- white female voters this yeah. election yeah. than he did in the last election. Right. More married and, vote, in, yeah. and, in, and both candidates got more votes than any other president surpassing Obama in the 2008 election. Like, Oh, yeah, they crushed this, it. Like, yeah, everyone, this, everyone finally just well, not everyone, so but I think it's, more people I think it's, decided to show up and play this time. <laughs> right. And and for me, and and Which right, I'm cool with. This, and I think, well, I think that there's a lot of factors that come into play, right? Like one, you have mass, like you have a lot of mail-in voting and absent aka absentee voting. They're the same thing. Mm. You had a lot of absentee voting that was being encouraged this election. And a lot of people are laid off from their jobs. So guess what? They have the time to fucking sit there and wait all day in the fucking rain and the snow to vote this time. Um, which is again, I, I believe that it should be a 
federal holiday. Yeah, like, I agree. It should I, be I think, yeah. like it's... an obligatory thing to vote. Like it yeah. should be like, I think it's a civic duty. Right. That's a whole other thing. Um, and then the other thing that I have with that, like I, you know, as for disqualifying ballots, like, again, I think that there should be like compulsory voting in this country at the age of 18 and on with that, like, it, like there is in Australia. With that said, I don't, I don't agree that, hey, if after November 3rd, your ballot was postmarked after November 3rd, it shouldn't count. It shouldn't because of exactly that, right? Like people just fucking sending in ballots for whichever fucking candidate, like mm-hmm. people just fucking sending in mass ballots for Joe Jorgensen. I don't give, Kanye West, I don't give a shit who it's for. <laughs> Toby. But at the end of the day, right? after If your shit postmarked after November 3rd, it should be invalidated. Right. I agree. Like, Good. Sorry, I'm not glad, sorry. I'm glad we got that settled. All right, Christina, real quick. Um, no, it's actually, you don't even have to be real quick. You know what? We're not even gonna do the COVID shit. We'll do that next week. Just, just fucking, <laughs> we'll just keep. I thought we had like four minutes on this, but everyone's got plenty. So just, just fucking. Damn it! Look going. at all the notes I had just I about know, COVID. Ben's got more notes. Right. Like Christina, we'll come to you, and then Ben, you're next. Get ready for the fucking note. Look at this. Fucking, it looks like we're scramming for a test tomorrow. You guys are that fucking Charlie Day meme with the like. <laughs> Look, here's my notes right here. That's it. That's. <laughs> Be like the crazy person who's like you know you know, like out. putting this shit up oh that reminds me of the show oh, i got so many shows you need you need red string christina red string for next yeah, week get some string lots of push in. pins oh, yeah i'm gonna do um, i'm buying dark. you i am i'm Watch gonna come visit I'm, I, I'm gonna come visit you someday i'm buying you a cork board and a red <laughs> and a big red marker like yeah, and, and, and a Alex Jones wearing aluminum foil in his head. Oh, yeah. We'll and George Soros. George Soros <laughs> and Alex. And then. You know what? No one are... said anything about George Soros in this election yet. What yes, they have. We... I've heard have it. I've heard oh, it. I'm about to say, yeah, I haven't heard shit. The, Everything's uh, the, just... QAnon, the QAnon crowd. Oh, my never favorite. mind. My favorite. All right. Purple drink. What you got? Um, <laughs> this is completely irrelevant to everything we were talking about, but. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Are you wearing so, a onesie? Me? What? Or no, you? no, no, it's a no, USA sweater. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, it was funny because um, so in in DC, you know where I am. I, I guess I can disclose that to all the crazies that may stalk me or not stalk me or whatever. Mm. You have a lot of fans, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You probably hate following. You me. have a lot of fans that are like over the age of sixty. What? My brother, my brother-in-law's dad's in love with you. Oh I God! Need an every, autograph every and dude? send it to him for Christmas. <laughs> Veronica, if you if if you're if you ever had an increased presence on Twitter, you'd suffer the same fate as Christina. But I don't. I I, I tweeted know. like I tweet like one thing each I know. month. There's no anonymous following on fucking Facebook. You either are friends or you're not. But on Twitter, oh yeah, you should just. When just watch if Christina tweets this out this week. Just watch you, the people who respond. You do it's, get a lot of dudes. You do get a lot of dudes simping on you, girl. Oh yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I love it. Hey, because as long as they listen, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> Shout out to the simps, right? <laughs> hey, simp harder. Uh, right. <laughs> gateway to Veronica, who, according to Maddie, is is hot, right? Is uh... <laughs> yes, Maddie says you're both hot. Well, wait till she sees Ben. Actually, Maddie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Maddie and I are friends on Insta now. I, 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 gotta, I gotta get Maddie. I'll just send her Ben's man. profile. Yeah, there you go. Do that. Like, oh, Ben's cute. Yeah, I know he's cute, babe. Enough. So, Turn that off. You can yeah. have him. Just don't eat his cookies because then he turns into a child. 
fucking chat. That's it. <laughs> Next week's going to be all about our household issues. Just dish about domestic shit of having Veronica as a roommate. I would actually like to hear that. We should probably just do that. Let's just get three hours of like open forum. Just talk about Veronica as a roommate. Just fuck me up, fam. Right. Yeah. The chandelier behind her looks nice, at least. That's you have, you have good taste, Veronica. I think you gotta like it's good. Look at that. Classy. Yeah. I'm a classy broad. Yeah. <laughs> you look around in here, this is all Maddie. Everyone's like, oh, wow, your place is nice. I'm like, I, don't, I just fucking live there. I don't, I've got nothing to do with it. I, I said it earlier. I thought I made it, but Christina's got to live in bartender. So that's true. Apparently, with purple drink. Damn. You need to step up your game. Really wow. Wow. Well, that's, that's where good. we're at. He forced me to send a picture of our dinner last night to uh, Gordon Ramsay, who's like, oh, his- nice. <laughs> yeah, he and he forced me to. And Gordon Ramsay likes to respond in mean tweets. That's right. But- he does. Did he respond? Hey, fun Did fact. I- so Christina Wilson, who's like one of the main chefs for his organization, when she won Hell's Kitchen, her and I used to chat very briefly on Twitter. And now I've come to know her and meet her over the years. So I- I've got an in. She's supposed to be on the podcast one of these days. She's got to come back to the state. She's over in the UK, I think, at the moment. But Chef well, Christina Wilson. Well, you need Wilson, to get her to respond to the picture of the dinner yeah. first. That's important. I'll, I'll message her on the gram and see if she can. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, get, thank you. get that hook up. At, uh, yeah. Food pick. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say so. I, we probably lost what uh, the hell yeah. we were talking about at this point, so which is fine. That was completely <laughs> irrelevant is that in dc you have only very limited uh parties to choose from right um you have democrat and like one independent so and i didn't know any of people so um i admit i i voted for a guy because his middle name was cheek cheek cheeks cheeks (laughs) his name no sorry his, his middle name was recovery so his his name was john recovery cheeks I'd have voted for him. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> because, it's DC. I mean, what, yeah, what you, Democrat yeah. versus like Democrat. I'm like, I don't know who these people are. I know that's this is very taboo to say, like that you just threw away your vote to someone you had no idea about. But you know, it's like uh, there's there's a silence that has been cast over the podcast. <laughs> no, I, I told you, I, I told you guys last time that I threw away my vote in 2016. I wrote in Bernie Sanders, like across a mail-in ballot. <laughs> Dude, I voted for Ralph Nader in 2000. Um, I'm responsible for the Supreme Court challenge with Bush and Gore. And, ooh, and, and the voter, and, and the alleged voter, and the alleged yeah, the voter fraud challenge. that year. And the, and yeah, the whole ben, alleged ben, voter is fraud. It, is, it is, uh, is, it as, um, is it as organized in... In Australia, as it is here, I know you said there's only 27 million, but still, how does how does it go down it's, there? Is it uh, one night, so one day, have, one day still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we so and, and like you described before, it's a bit like Super Bowl, so they'll have the tally and people will be all <laughs> excited about it. Um, so you've got a so the Australian Electoral Commission runs it all. Uh, I shouldn't disclose this because it's going to get recorded, but you're supposed post to register this the day you turn 18 and then from then on you have to it's compulsory for you to at least attend a polling place for you know county state and federal elections and if you don't you get fined Uh, that part part i don't agree with so me and ronica have had this discussion a bunch the fine's fine's pretty low though right it's like 50 bucks or something 
or no. 50 kangaroo dollars or whatever. <laughs> wow. I, I was waiting for the racist comment and it was you. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Australian isn't a race. It okay. is. We come from I'm the land down under. I'm not, okay, I'm not from a, learn under. your terms. That's not a knife. That's learn, a knife. Learn your terms. I'm not a racist. I'm a xenophobe. Ah, yeah, yeah that's true. She's very. You're an antipodean hater. That's yeah. there. You go. Um, so, so a... the the but and then basically you, you attend a polling place, show ID, you vote. It gets counted, and you know, it's. I think it's easier because it's more stringent, and also we only have seven states and a couple of territories as opposed to fifty. And it's the same process in every election. Um, so you get a paper ballot. The Senate's pretty complex because you can you can have a party of one person in the Senate in Australia. And we have some weird parties like yeah. the, the Motoring Enthusiast Party or the Sex yeah. Party or the, you know. That's how the I, European I, Union is. Same shit. Yeah. Your parliament. Um, so now the lower house, so we have the same bicameral system as the UK. We stole it being a. That know, means two houses bicameral. It does. Go ahead. Um, so we, we stole the exact same concept of, you know, the, the House of Commons and the House of Lords, but in Australia we call it, you know, the lower the um, lower house and the Senate, same basic difference. Hey, Ben, hold on and real each... quick. Maddie, is, is Ben an attractive man? Ben is a very attractive man. See, there we go. And <laughs> Dottie thinks so too. Dottie thinks so. Look, two women, <laughs> three, four, all. Ben, you're the winner. Ben, what's wrong? Why are you asking if you're attractive? Or no, he's not. I, <laughs> I didn't, it, it didn't no, come I'm up. Just I, trying to, I'm just I trying was, to see how much I can pimp him out for. I'm trying no, to. I, I, ben is. I said, Ben is attractive, and Maddie would probably come out here and agree. I agree. And he's Australian. Oh, oh he's Australian. Listen, listen, Ben, say something. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to explain the, oh how the Australian God. electrical I'm system worked, but apparently this has turned <laughs> into. Got a new Apparently turned into video oh, Tinder. This is <laughs> we can listen. You can listen to the entire podcast tomorrow. Eric, Eric who? Eric who? Never heard of her. <laughs> Never. <laughs> well, there we go, Ben. You're up. I guess. I guess I'm going to get invited back next week. Now. <laughs> you come over anytime, buddy. <laughs> can I make a semi-serious point? Because uh, sure, do it. An addendum. <laughs> Save Ben, you mean? Um, yeah. Okay, so in a, as an addendum to the cheeks thing. Um, so when I got to the uh, DC polling site, it was kind of like I you kind of get like I, I get what all the um, lawsuits are. Some of the lawsuits are about the you know having counters there because you know when it, you when you get there you have all these people just sort of watching you and making sure like, okay, so you don't have anything with any candidate's name on it once you get there, right? Because after a certain distance, you're not supposed to have anything that says anyone's name on it, any candidate's name, because then I guess it's like you're campaigning or something. So mm -hmm. as I approached the auditorium, this the school auditorium, someone's like, oh, put that away, because I was holding um, a flyer that someone gave me and we actually voted for him because he was really nice and he chatted with us <laughs> that's how you win elections it's, I am it's, a serious what is it wrong is it is it it's not retail politics is it 
It is retail like politics. Leather politics or something. Even yeah, though there's, just, there's a term for that, basically, like I think it is retail politics, where you just you're, yeah. you have a face-to-face interaction with everybody with the voter. Yeah, something I mean, like that. There were like three candidates, and he came up and had a chat and was like, "What's important to you?" And you know, we we talked to him, and I'm like, "You know what? He's a nice guy. I have no idea who this person, this other person is. So I'm going to vote for this person." Anyway, so I get into the auditorium, and it just it's it's kind of strange, like. Uh, when you fill in your your ballot and then you give it to someone and it, there's no covering on your ballot and that person just like takes it and puts it into the machine and can see how you voted and yeah. i felt so weird about that you know like um not there was any <laughs> it's kind definitely of an in-person thing right it was it was it's like such a personal thing and and in the past i voted at a um i think at a church or somewhere yeah. else because i lived in a different area and there were little um, booths with curtains and yeah. I felt very secure and this time there were no curtains it was just kind of out in the open so you just had like a like a four you know you had like a little stand where my back was completely open and there were poll watchers um sort of nearby and I actually asked one of them like hey can I take out my cell phone so I could do some research on some of the DC council people and they're like yeah sure you know, and it's, it was just kind of felt very impersonal. So mm. I can, and, you know, poll watchers are supposed to be one from each party, I think in the room or something. So I can get how, you know, if you don't have these things and if you do have someone who, I don't know, has malign intentions as, you know, we get these anecdotal reports, you know, like um, of, you know, ballots being, you know, tossed or Republicans being kept away or something like that. You know, I can see how people would be extremely upset about that or with Sharpie gate. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure about the details, but if you had used a Sharpie in one, at least one instance, it bled through and then you hit a, a button that said cast or something, and then it erased who you voted for or something like that. And so I could, I could see how these little tiny things seem really <laughs> insignificant. But when you're there, you know, the sort of, it, it all kind of adds up to the sense of fairness, you know, like yeah. when you left that auditorium, did your ballot count or did that person you handed your ballot to see who you voted for and then like, you know, did something. I don't know if I'm sounding like a crazy conspiracy. No, I mean, I oh, see so that because I mean, I can recall the last two elections I've mailed in my ballot and I've had to seal it. I've had to sign it. My signature had to be on file before I ever left the County to match it up with, but the ones you're describing my last two were the same thing. Like I went to a local church in Orlando. I, I, I handed it to the poll. One of the poll workers that I turned it into actually was like the father-in-law of my aunt and he's no longer with us, but I remember turning it into him and I was just like, Oh, this is cool. And he like took it and he immediately ran it through the, the counter yeah, But I get what you're saying, mostly because I think back then, no one thought about this, like 08, 04, 2012, whatever. But now you look for the last two election cycles, yeah. all these poll polling companies, and they've all been wrong because no one wants to feel, no one feels safe. Now, I'm not saying no one does, but a lot of people don't feel safe or they don't feel like they're their integrity is protected by admitting that they're going to vote for Trump because they're just going to be attacked or demonized. And that's why the polls have been severely like they've put them out of business these last two cycles. Cause they've been that fucking wrong. There's my first F bomb. <laughs> um, but that it, no one should feel that way. If you want to vote for Biden, you want to vote for Trump fucking scream it from the rooftop and not feel bad about it. But that's not where we're at. 
unfortunately, in 2020, even in 2016, um, you were made to feel like you were a terrible person if you voted against Hillary Clinton. Literally the worst candidate ever on any side in any election, period. All right. No, I, feel, then, I feel like what Walter was it Walter Mondale. Mondale was the worst. based on the yeah, I mean Reagan beat him like what five thirty to eight. Yeah, it was pretty. He won. Bad. He won a state. His yeah, home was, state that was it. State, Reagan yeah. destroyed it was, it was, him <laughs> at an atomic level. Yeah. But if you said you were going to vote for Mondale, <laughs> no one made you feel bad about it. You're just like really. But yeah, that was definitely. We'll probably Simple never times. see that girl beat down like that again. But but, but real quickly, this is yeah. As, go as ahead. An, go as for as it, Ben. I'm running as the foreign kid. This is why. I'm, I'm amazed that there are so many different voting processes and states' rights are good to a point, but then when it, when something like this federal election happens, I look at it and go, well, if everyone just had the same process, then it would be a heck of a lot easier to, to monitor. Yeah. So I think what you know, Veronica different, was arguing last week. Different voting machines that work different ways and some of them are pretty easily to hack and then you've got mail-in votes that yeah, can that's right. be agree. postmarked to certain dates and all the rest of it. So real simple have the same process for the federal election, you know, for the the Congress, the Senate, the presidential election for every hey, state, the same mail-in date. We can't have him back on. No. And I then know. make sure that people present ID. No. Simple. Veronica's not in so, favor of that, I don't think. Well. So the only thing that's funny, <laughs> it's not, okay, so it's not that I'm not He's in favor of a cookie stealer, so what, what, do we, what do we expect? A cookie thief. Yeah, and she's, it, and she's, honestly, she's high on sugar. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so the only thing, so I, I have a my points that I want to make. Yeah, um, make. Make your points. Make my points. I got points to make. I got things to say. I got things to say. I got opinions. <laughs> um yeah. so I the only thing that I disagree about IDs, and the only thing is that that kind of disenfranchises the homeless from voting, which we don't really pull them into voting anyway. Like okay. I, voting is a it, right. It disenfranchises who? It, it disenfranchises like the homeless population or people that don't have update <clears throat> IDs. Now, again, you'd be surprised how many elderly people don't have IDs either. A lot, a yeah, fucking I ton of them. I, look, I, I, but again, that's a small population. Exactly. I, my 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 opinion in that is if this is going to be a mandatory thing we need to make sure that all of these things are accessible in order for voting to be accessible and i also think that do, voter registration should be mandatory and i think it should be like an automatic thing that happens when you turn 18 like selective service yeah well i've got some anecdotes look i we we've been able to put homeless people into <clears> the fucking military where they've been able to come up with not only just their id but their fucking diplomas their social security card and their actual birth certificate. So don't, so please <laughs> spare me on whether or not I, you're disenfranchising not the homeless from voting. Cause I've never seen a homeless guy at the fucking poll ever. I'm not, but if they want to vote, I'm for it. I'm just saying. Well, it, I think, so I think homeless, well, homelessness and like mental health and a whole other things that we've discussed on this podcast before, or like that's like a series yeah, of like layered right. issues that have, that's like a, if that is a, a myriad of problems in and of itself, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I 100% agree with Ben. I think it should be the same across the board. Um, but as for not feeling safe about poll workers, so my, I volunteered I, when I turned 18, um, it was a 2008 election. I know I'm, you know, dating myself a little bit here. I'm child. Really um, but I remember, you know, I was the fucking starry eyed idiot about the future of our country. 
yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> dumb and <Yeah. laughs> just an idiot. <laughs> and um, were you eighteen? You know, I I was eighteen, and I volunteered to be a poll worker because it was the first year that I was eligible. That's to actually pretty cool to do that. Do that. I always thought only yeah. old people should do that shit. But. <laughs> right. So I was super. Dude, I was super fucking excited about. It. I got my little like Orange County poll worker. So I'm in Orange <laughs> County, California, which is if everybody knows republican central in california and it was really interesting to watch because we have a lot of elderly people in that county so one of the things as poll workers that we're asked to do with the like electric voting machines if somebody needs help voting we can help them select we can help show them select what language to choose depending on what they need and like stand with them to make sure that what they're what they're doing if they if they request for help so i remember going and i remember a lot of his older hispanic people showing up to vote and because i spoke spanish they were like hey can you please assist them yeah sure walk on over and i can't even begin to tell you how many people how many older hispanics voted for obama and then like anti-gay rights because we had like the prop it was like prop eight at the time, which was like what the LGBT, this is in 2008, which was like the LGBT. Well, years. Obama was still anti-gay rights and shit back then. He, he was. He came out yet. He was, <laughs> right. But like, again, the, like the whole democratic, like semi-progressive agenda, yeah, yeah. which the, apparently the, the DNC can't fucking come to like agreement on. Plus but it was like every anti, but it was like every, but it was like voting for Obama. And then it was like voting for every conservative measure that we had on the, you know, on the ballot. And I remember just like watching this and being like, this is like from like a psychological, from like a social psychology perspective, like this is fast. No, it's not that I don't think most, I think they should be. Most Hispanics are fucking homophobes. And I'm gonna say most, I I know I'm generalizing. A lot of older Hispanics, a lot of older Hispanics. Second racist comment for the night. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it goes with that stereotype that liberals are actually the most racist people on the planet. I'm, wow. It's a true story. If you say it enough, it's true. Plus, I recorded it, so now it's definitely true. Fuck it, whatever. <laughs> so it's and it's funny because like even my grandmother, like growing up, you know, like my grandmother, I'm gonna get dragged for this, but my grandmother's again like born and raised in Mexico, but she like for real, for real was raised being afraid of black people just because of the time that she was raised in. And she honest to God thought Obama was going to go to the White House and like steal everything. And I'm like, what do you think he's going to run off with a presidential fucking team? Who's going to take the desk? What do you think he's he taking, did get, Grandma? Did he get rid of that statue that the British sent to, like, do you, Who the, know, that shit? Yeah, like, he, no, he stole it. So, but it's, but, but again, like, and I, again, believe people can change, right? Because towards the end of his presidency, my grandmother at the end of seven years was like, I really think that he did a lot for the Hispanic population. I really respect this man. I want to get my citizenship this year before he leaves office. So my grandmother got her citizenship at the end of the uh, Obama administration because she respected him so much and she wanted his signature on her naturalization paperwork. Don't you remember so, all those guys that refused to retire because they didn't want Obama's right? <laughs> the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah the exact so, opposite. So, so that right. And the only other thing that I kind of want to like circle back to. Um, Circling. So this was something that I thought about because I know that I brought it up in a previous podcast. How I, you know, talked about how Trump had lied about, you know, the severity of COVID at the beginning, and how if COVID wouldn't have happened, Trump would have won. Um, and one of the things that kind of, because I, I remember like trying to make draw a parallel on how I felt in that moment that I realized 
because it's not just Trump, right? Like we can say it was Trump all day long, but really it's an administration of people that all knew that this was going to be a lot more severe than it was. And it's easy to sort of point the finger and blame Trump for everything, but there are other people in the room during these briefings. There are other people that un- that know and understand the gravity of the situation that also didn't say anything, right? And that to me, we don't know. Them. Look, that's just so hard. Like, I don't like playing armchair court. I, it doesn't matter no. if it's Trump or if it's a Republican. Like, I would never sit there and try and second guess a fucking Democrat. Like, I'm not in that. I'm not being presented with this. I'm no, not no. being forced to make these decisions. And I just hate how people in general are so easy to just be like, oh, well, he didn't do anything. Like, what the fuck do you know? Yes. Like, you I don't know. know. That's so, true. And I can add, like, just looking at the timeline very specifically. I think he was told um, on January 28th that it was uh, transmitted, uh, you know, airborne, or that, and two days later he canceled travel to the U.S. from China. And I think there's some. I think I had a friend on Twitter anecdotally say like, "Oh, I know a guy who got in anyway, or something." I think maybe he was like a U.S. citizen coming in from China in a case where you can't deny him entrance or whatever. Mm. But Trump acted very quickly, and he was called as he points out, you know, a xenophobe. So he did act very quickly. And just watching these briefings, I think a lot of the problems that Trump has is because of his rhetoric. Um, He talks, and I've explained this to Aaron too, um, he talks to achieve something. It's a strategy to achieve an end. So sometimes he says things that are off the wall. You know, like if you take the first debate, um, he was like, uh, you know, heckling Biden. And it was to get, it, I, I believe it was to get him to take one side or the other. He was going to be anti-socialist or pro-socialist. And so he was trying to drive it there without realizing maybe he seemed like a bully or whatever. And um, when he comes out and he says, there's voter fraud, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, we'll prove it then. You know, this is just anti-democratic, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and so I think what he's trying to do is kind of, create that doubt so that there will be some breaks to declaring Biden, you know, a winner. And so he just has, he speaks to achieve, to achieve an end, not to um, sort of be fact-checked, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, and, and I could, and I could understand that if I, my, the one thing that I come back to every time any argument is made to like, hey, well, this is what his intent was like, saying, hey, this will be gone by the summer. This isn't that serious. It's you know, it's more serious than the flu. And right, in hindsight, 20, everything's 2020. But ultimately, if he would have set a different tone from the beginning, especially with his followers, who then immediately thought like, this thing is a democratic hoax because it was fake news, liberal hoax, COVID isn't real, which started trending. And that to me is fucking crazy because, hey, turns out it's very real. And at that time that he made these comments, he understood and knew the severity of what was happening. The one thing, and I I know it's a Russia parallel and that's not what I mean here, but like the one thing that I realized it clicked the other day, uh, what it reminded me of, if any of you guys have ever seen the show Chernobyl on HBO and they're being, and they're, and they're, briefing how severe the radiation problem is and they're like oh, oh it's fine. no it's no worse than an x-ray and they're like no and you have the one guy in the room that's like no 
it's not. And, you know, obviously exposes how severe of a problem this is. And they were able to tackle it before it fucked up the entire country and really ended up poisoning all of Europe if it got into the water source, into the underground water sources. You know, they ended up effectively, like that one guy standing up for the right thing effectively saved <clears throat> millions of people from dying. And I just wonder why somebody wasn't that voice in the room or if there was. And I, I struggle well, to justify any, and like, I, if it would have happened under any other presidency, and I don't give a fuck, red, blue, what team you play for, whatever, ultimately I feel at some point responsibility has to be taken by the person that made the comment, hey, it's not that serious. And then in hindsight, millions of people died because we didn't wear masks. Like maybe we didn't have to have the shutdown. Don't get me wrong. Like we have businesses that are never going to recover from this. Families that are fucking bankrupt that are probably not going to financially recover from this. We have people who have lost their savings who are going to struggle for the next God knows how many years. And that's just the economy. Like those are just the economic ramifications. But like we have people that are literally celebrating the holidays this year without mothers, fathers, grandparents, children, whatever, what have you. And like, it's, it's in the millions. It's a lot of people globally. And that's what I struggle with is that at some point, the responsibility and the onus has to come down at the buck stops somewhere and the buck stops in our leadership. And yeah. our leader yeah. effectively did the wrong thing in hindsight. And, and I don't feel like he's ever taken responsibility for that. And well, I, unfortunately, I everything you just described, because I, I want to go to Ben, because I got two questions for him, really. But everything you just described, the only other alternative seems like everything should have just been shut down from the start. And none of this would have changed. The outcome would be the exact same. And the outcome would be the same. Look at Cuomo. I mean, where was the epicenter of the coronavirus? It was in New York. Did he mm -hmm. ever shut down the subway? Never. You know, um, right. there were people saying he should shut down the subway and commandeer taxis and drive people who are essential workers to work. And then this whole like uh, nursing care debacle, nursing yeah. home debacle. I mean, and I have a friend who, you know, uh, a close relative died and she was heartbroken, but she still supported Trump because I think she realized that, you know, this was this deadly virus that no one else had seen. And, you know, now I sound like Trump, but it was like this deadly virus that, um, you know, the world had never dealt with. Um, and places like Taiwan, they were very prepared because they had dealt with SARS before. And I mean, China's behavior was completely abominable. And, you know, while Trump was, was, um, you had formed a coronavirus team. You had, I know this sounds like a lame talking point, but you had Nancy Pelosi in Chinatown saying like, hey, everyone come down to Chinatown, celebrate. And that's not to cast dispersion on Chinese in Chinatown, but it's sort of like come gather and, and dance and whatever. And then I think you had the same in New York too. So I think yeah, you did. it was an unforeseen event. And it was, it was actually the, the new, I think the guy that's supposed to be the chief of staff for Biden was saying that in New York, come to Chinatown. <laughs> I think it was that guy. That, anyway, yeah, all right. Don't get me strong. Don't get me started on performative activism. I'll right. Like so Ben, all right. Two things, Ben. I know you've been patiently, like very respectful. What a nice Aussie. I like you. <laughs> very nice. He's very not. Nice. <laughs> well, not. at least for the camera he is. All right. So that's all yeah. I know of him. And besides, you already admitted to stealing the man's cookies. So like your opinion is- yeah. Like, a little 
slanted, if we will. Um, it was a social distribution. I remember <laughs> I'm a socialist liberal. I was spreading the wealth. <laughs> <laughs> spreading the cookie well. All right, exactly. Ben, two, two things before, let, and then we'll, we'll just wrap this up and we'll continue next week because we're, we're running long and we didn't even get into half the stuff, which is fine with me. It gives us more stuff to talk about next week. But Ben, what went on with Australia in terms of this that you saw in terms of the virus? Cause I don't know how much it was effective or how effective it was or how much it impacted the, the Australian population that, and then also get us out of here with just kind of what you see or what you think we need to fucking do from an outside perspective. Cause that's what I, I'm really interested in your take on tonight. It's just, you're watching this. I know you're here. You immersed yourself in, uh, in, in everything that this, uh, the United States is doing at this point, but just from an outside perspective, what the hell went went well or bad in Australia with this? And then just what do you think we need to go, we need to do going forward between now and uh, whenever, what is it, January 20th is the potential inauguration with all this stuff pending in the courts and all. Take it okay, away then. Um, uh, so Australia's total death count is at today's 819. Um, uh, like I said, much smaller population, but it's still at yeah. 27 million. Australia has severely locked down and so the nearest capital city to where I, I kind of live when I'm actually in Australia is Melbourne and they've been through some severe lockdowns to the point where pe- folks weren't allowed to travel outside of a five-kilometre radius. I don't know what that is in witchcraft. I don't speak miles. About two and a half, um, three miles, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, so, and as a result of that, the, the daily counts dropped down to a point where I think it's been 11 days in a row now where there hasn't been a new case of COVID uh, in the country. So an entire continent that is not transmitting COVID. Uh, so two, two differences. A, there was a national policy in terms of, of lockdowns, wearing masks, social distancing, uh, business closures, all that kind of stuff, which is the only way to do it. Because as soon as you let someone squirt out and you know, go and see their buddy next, you know, the next zip code over, then it's going to spread. There were uh, roadblocks checking people's ID to see where they were from and say, Hey, buddy, you're outside your five kilometers, you need to go home. And at the start, it was warnings. And if people continued to kind of push the envelope, then relatively large fines sort of ensued. So now some folks will talk about, you know, my individual freedoms or whatever, but it's the difference between 819 deaths and 2 million plus or whatever it is at the moment here. So that's, no, it's, that's it's one major. Here. It's that's, like 200,000. That's cases, yeah, 242,000. Okay. Sorry. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing that I think America kind of did differently and not as well was the stimulus check. So my sister and brother-in-law have a small business in Australia and have, have a thing. I'm not sure if it's federal or state level, but it's called JobKeeper. Um, so what the government is doing is it's paying small businesses to keep staff on. So anyone who'd been working full-time for my sister and brother-in-law in their small cafe, I think for at least 12 months prior to COVID kicking in, and provided they could demonstrate that they were down 30% on their, on their monthly or quarterly take, then the government gave them a subsidy to still pay a wage. Now, why I think that's smarter and it's, it's another way that other countries have done it is the government's it, it's semi-recycling. So the government gives money to a business. The business then has to pay 
business and payroll tax off the top of the that government handout, so to speak. And then a worker gets paid and still has to pay income tax. So it's not just here's $1,200, which someone then goes and potentially spends on a Chinese television. So it doesn't even go back into the US economy. It's a rifle. So what we spend it on. It, anyway, it go ahead. goes offshore. So whereas in Australia, people... So my sister and brother-in-law had, I think, five staff that fit into that category. And so they were getting them in to do things like, you know, renovations, remodeling, deep cleaning, because they were shut. No one could come in. They, they rejigged their business model so that when they were allowed to, they could open up for takeaway. Um, so it, it gave businesses opportunity to survive through the pandemic so that the economy was in a better position to restart as opposed to everyone gets laid off, everyone goes home, here's $1,200, you know, buy a new rifle, buy a new Xbox. So I think the, the, the two things that the US could have done a lot better was a more federal approach to, hey, everyone should probably just like stop and not be driving all over the country, you know, licking doorknobs and handing off the Rona to their buddies. Um, wearing masks, I think, was another thing that, will prove, you know, as they as the data comes in, um, that was a massive mistake to not force people to wear a mask properly. Um, and then the last one was the stimulus check and the fact that this both both houses completely dropped the ball when it came to a second round of stimulus because they're all hiding in their nice million dollar mansions, um, too busy to go back in and sit and actually talk about how they're going to jumpstart the economy. They're collecting a fucking taxpayer-funded paycheck. Yeah, they're, they're getting three-quarters of a million dollars to sit around and, and tell, you know, essential workers that they can get an IU at a grocery store because they're that out of touch with how the common person in America lives week to week. So oh, that's all I've got. Great, California's a great example. You should you should check out. And, and look, what was Mayor Lightfoot was putting out on her Twitter profile on her timeline today. You should go check that out, Veronica, when you're done. Oh God! You will not. You will not have Thanksgiving as you traditionally do. You will not. We will be sending people to your door to check. You will not. But as Nancy Pelosi goes and gets her fucking hair done. <laughs> exactly. I saw a great tweet about it about, about, about a loophole that that the easiest way to have uh, Thanksgiving, if you wanted to get people around, was to say it was a funeral. <laughs> you know, dead, dead turkey, and then that meant you get eight or ten people around your house, and it was there you it was go. a loophole. So. That's how we'll do it. I'm going to have a protest at my house. We're going to have like <laughs> topics to like, I like that. that we that's all... another good loophole. And that's, protest. you know, we're going to have a, that's good. A rally. We'll have a rally. A potluck protest yeah, we'll at my place. Rally. So it's good. I like anybody that. In the bra- if anybody in the Bragg area doesn't have family to go home. To. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <Hit me up. laughs> so that's uh, all right. We, we've, we've covered this. Uh, we did way more than I thought we would on this topic. So we'll just carry everything over the next week. Cause it's not going anywhere, but anyway, uh, remember you may not think like us, but you probably think like one of us, Ben, thanks for stopping in and joining us tonight, drinking your incredible Hulk, stealing my, girlfriend's affections it's wonderful veronica thanks a lot for breaking up a happy home christina thanks for joining us as well and aaron the bartender dropping us some purple drank we'll see you guys all next week remember there will be banter watch like subscribe share do whatever follow us thank you good night